You are listening to episode 125 of the Remind Yourself podcast. Welcome to the Remind Yourself podcast, the podcast for physician moms just like you who want to ditch mom guilt, stop yelling, and start enjoying their lives today. I'm your host, Michelle Chestovich, certified life coach, family physician, and mom of four. If you want to overcome overwhelm for once and for all, this is the place for you. Hello, Mama Docs, and welcome back. This week, I have an amazing guest. I know I say that every time that I have a guest, but this is true. This is a woman that I met online probably a year and a half to two years ago, and the work that she is doing has very much affected me. And I know that what she's going to talk about is going to be very beneficial for you. So without further ado, I'm going to say welcome to Dr. Disha Mukherjee Phillip. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I don't think I realize you've been with me for a year and a half. So that's amazing. I, I, I think, think so. I right. think it's been about a year and a half, a year. I can't exactly remember, but I yeah. know that I was at a conference and somebody mentioned to me, hey, are you following Dr. Disha? I said, no, tell me about her. So before we get into all the goodness that you're doing, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, where you're at and what you do? Yeah. So I'm a cardiologist who deals with all matters of the heart. That's how I refer to myself. And I come from a family of cardiologists, actually. My father is 90. He's a cardiologist. Many of you might have learned under him if you were ever at Upstate. Um, He continues to work three days a week teaching the fellows. Um, My sister's a cardiologist. My brother-in-law's a cardiologist. My brother's an internist. It's kind of crazy. I love it. It's nuts. So I come from a family of doctors too. All my siblings are physicians. So OMG, all of them. Okay. Yeah, How many four siblings of us. are you guys? What's that? Four of you and your parents are docs too? Um, my father is a pediatric dentist. Hi dads. Yeah. I got to shout oh, you out. And my mom awesome. was a pediatric nurse practitioner. Oh my goodness. How amazing. Yeah. So I'm okay, in so the capital you. region. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm in the capital region. of. I'm in near Albany and I work in my day job is in Saratoga Springs. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. Wonderful. So cardiology, it's just like, it's definitely runs in the family. Yes, it does. So, you know, I, when I was a kid though, I thought I'd be a pediatrician. So, because I loved I mean, I was a kid, so it's like, I want to be a kid doctor. And then um, when I went to medical school, I mean, so, I mean, I started going to the hospital, no lie, with my dad when I was five years old. So on a Sunday, he would be rounding. We'd go to the local grocery store, get a dozen donuts for the nurses, and I'd go to him, go with him to the VA and hang out with the nurses and say hi to the veterans there. And it was always so exciting for me to go to work with dad. And then, um, and then when I went to medical school, I still didn't really know what was going to happen, like where I was going to go. But when we did cardiac physiology, it was pretty much the only organ system that I understood fully. <laughs> like, so do an EKG. You're like, yes, I got this. Yes, yes, yes. I got it. I got it. it makes I was sense. like, what? An access? What is happening here? What? <laughs> no, I totally, absolutely loved the heart. It made so much sense to me. And I always say like, you know, out of all the, um, you know, you know what kind of doctor you're going to be by, by what? Uh, what bodily fluid you can handle, right? So like, I'm not good with mucus. I'm not good with pee and poop. 
I'm fine with blood. Blood I can handle. <laughs> That's awesome. So I'm a family physician. I don't know what that means. Everything. Just bring it everything all on. Amniotic fluid, blood, all of it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's that was a little gross. Sorry about that, folks. Sorry. Okay. So you, you so you went into cardiology. <laughs> and where did you do your training? So I did, so I went to medical school at upstate and then I did my residency for internal medicine at Albert Einstein at Montefiore. Monty, firm one, any of you, if you're in there. And then I did my uh, fellowship at Rush in Chicago, Rush University Medical Center. Awesome. Probably have you on a whole another time and we can talk about women and yeah. you know heart disease and so on and so forth. But the reason I reached out to you and the reason that I've been so inspired by you is this other work that you do to help physician women. So I will just let you start speaking to that, how it is that you got into that and why. Wow. Okay. So this can be a very long story, but I'm going to try to keep it super duper short. So really, so during my fellowship, my second year of fellowship, I had been married like a year. I, my husband and I, I was pregnant with our first child and long story short, we lost our daughter, our first daughter, because the doc used a vacuum on her head and waited three and a half hours to go to C-section with me. And it caused a huge subgaleal hemorrhage. And I had to take her off the ventilator when she was four days old. And she passed away literally on Mother's Day at 1239 a.m., which is my time of birth. Yes. Wow. Totally crazy. Yeah. yeah. And so that experience, um, I remember my husband coming into, so my daughter was in a different hospital. They had transferred her out of the hospital that I was in. And uh, so my sister and my, my husband were going back and forth between the two of us. And I, you know, I'll never forget my husband coming in and I hadn't really seen her much because they had kind of whisked her away and they had transferred her for this cool cap therapy. And, but I remember my husband coming in with this piece of paper, handing me the EEG report. And it said, conclusion, electrical silence. And I looked at him and my sister and I was like, um, did they put the leads on right? Did they plug in the machine? Are you sure about this? Because I know when you see an EKG, you know, there's one lead that's off. There's flat line. It's going to look like silence. You know, like, come on. I couldn't believe it. And my husband like called into the bed with me and he's like, sweetie, he's like, when I'm next to her, there's nowhere I want to be other than next to her, but we can't keep her alive like this. And when he said that to me, it all came at me. And I was just like, the first thought I had was, I mean, I just started howling. Like I was just like crying. I was like, holy crap. And I just thought, how could this happen to something that we created with our love? with our love. And I held the love that my husband and I have for each other on a very big pedestal because I had to fight to be with him. My mom did not make it easy for us to be together because of ridiculous prejudices and stuff. His parents were a different part of India than mine and whatever, whatever. But I, I fought for our love. And so I really held it at a high esteem. And I was like, how could this happen? And it was just Full on disbelief. So that experience literally catapulted me into my spiritual journey. Not to mention the fact that when I came back to work, I had basically heard through the grapevine that people like 
people who had known me in the hospital and stuff had heard that I had refused a C-section. And I was like, where is that coming from? And then when I talked to my physician, my doctor about it, she was like, Tisha, you didn't refuse a C-section. I said, let's go. And you said, okay. And I said, I know. So where on God's green earth would anybody ever get that idea? And she was like, Tisha, she's like, first of all, I would never say refuse because refuse means you're putting blame on a patient. I would say declined. And you know, there's girls out there who, when they have their babies with C-section and they didn't want to, they take it out on their children. And I was like, okay. I was like, if you thought that I needed to have a C-section, you should have just said something (laughs) and she's like oh Tisha what are you gonna do if you think somebody needs heart surgery and they don't want to do it and I'm like okay this is not the same thing but I would tell them why I thought you needed heart surgery I'd tell them the risks and the benefits I'd tell you I'd tell them um you know what I think would happen if they didn't do it and then I would give them my strongest recommendation to make sure they knew what I was talking about and how important this was And she's like, oh, Adisha, I wake up in the middle of the night thinking about you. I think about you every single day. How are you doing physically? And I was like, "Um, fine. I hung up the phone, called my butt to medical records. And sure enough, right on the front page on that discharge summary, it said patient was counseled to have a C-section and she declined. And so not only was I dealing and I felt so, 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 so betrayed. And I, I was furious. I was so angry. And, and heartbroken. So like like, completely. Like I was already heartbroken. Yes, right. You're heartbroken so and then right this now. additional betrayal. Yeah. And, and anger. Like, and anger, anger, anger. And so and, you know, everybody asked me, what'd you do? What'd you do? Right. And yeah, I did sue. Yes, did we sue? Yes, we sued. And and it took us five years to get to trial, two and a half weeks in the courtroom, and we lost. And it was devastating. And and so many lessons learned. And so first lesson, though, from my daughter that I learned was that love doesn't start with birth and it doesn't end with death. Number one lesson, I don't think I ever knew that. Number two lesson was that I, like, God did not make this happen. God showed grace to me when all the amazing support came to me from my friends. People drove across the country and just laid on our one bedroom apartment floor, eight of them, you know, just waiting for us to like wake up so we wouldn't have to be by ourselves for the first two weeks when we would come out. So precious. I mean, it just brings me to tears even today, just thinking about that love. Because I I always say, I was like, I don't know if I would have known to do that for you. So you guys have taught me how to be a friend in that situation. You know, like, I don't think I would have ever known. And so there's that. But at the same time, so with with this lawsuit and, you know, it was so complicated, right? And so many mixed emotions. It's like a doctor suing a doctor. And like, is that really right? Am I going against my, am I betraying my profession? You know, and I was like, oh, you know, there's just so many deep issues. And, but what I recognize and what I learned is that any decision made from a place of fear and anger will never go the way you want it to. Yeah. Because fear and anger is not who we are. Right. It's not who we are. It's not who we are. It's not our heart. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this back then. I didn't know what else to do. And so even for the doctor, right, her writing that in the chart, we all know it was CYA. And why did she write it? She wrote it because she was scared. She was scared of what? She was scared I was going to sue her because the baby died. I would never have sued her because the baby died. I know. I'm a cardiologist. I deal with people who die every day. 
I know people die. But when I saw that she was blaming, I felt that she was blaming me in the chart by writing that I couldn't deal with it because I was like, I'm already blaming myself. I was wondering if it was like the Diet Coke that I had that one time during the pregnancy or what. And I couldn't handle it. And so she was scared, right? So she wrote what she wrote and exactly what she didn't want to happen happened, right? So like then I turn around and I see her, right? And then I want, what do I want, right? In that moment, in that place of anger, right? I want like revenge, right? I want vengeance or And I didn't want her to do this to anybody else. That was another big part of my mission. It's like, this is not okay. You can't just go around messing things up and then blame the patients about it. Like, this is not safe at all. But I took the, I took the decision initially from that place of anger and, and, and upsetness and and grief and all of that. And so, you know, it did not, the trial did not go my, go my way. We did not win right? Drudge through a lot of pain. And so I learned, I had to learn that lesson. I had to learn that lesson because I wasn't learning anywhere else. And so that's like one of my big things now. It's like, I'm always asking myself, even with my patients and my clients, like, is this coming, is this coming from a place of love or fear and defensiveness and worriness? Right. Because if I make a decision from a fear of defensiveness and worry, it's not going to go the way I want it to. And ultimately, as a patient, right, I trust my doctor to have my back. And I felt so betrayed. And so I never, ever, ever, ever want my patients to feel that way. You know, like no matter what, I got you, whatever it is, I'm not going to lie to you, but I'm going to tell you what's up. I'm going to be straight up with you. I'm going to give you my strongest recommendation. It may not end up the way we want. Yeah. We're not in control of that bit, right? We're not in control of everything except for how we show up to what comes our way. Exactly. And so this is one of the big premises, like one of my, my mission based in my business is that it's the premise that we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. And once we recognize and see that we are souls in these bodies and not these bodies, right? And that the aspects, the characteristics of the soul is love, peace, clarity, joy, passion, enthusiasm. Those are who we are, not that anger, revenge, all that stuff. It's not that. We are beings of love. And maybe it sounds hokey and whatever, but that's okay. I used to be that one who rolls her eyes at that too. My sister makes fun of me today. She's like, you roll your eyes. I'm like, I know. Well, I would say that I was there too. And then again, I know I had shared with you previously that I lost my sister two years ago to suicide. All my listeners have heard about Dr. Gretchen Butler, my amazing sister who died unexpectedly and how my world was turned upside down. Now, different grief, but heartbroken, all of that. And like you do the soul searching and, you know, finding that connection. And then when I found you, I was like, I felt like I came home and you gave me that permission, right? To like, I have used that line as well. Like we are spiritual beings having a human experience and it just makes much more sense that way. And again, my spirituality has grown so much in the loss of my sister over the last few years, but it's Mm -hmm. just, I'm like, oh, love is really everything. And anyway, well, you'll talk more about that, but it's just, it's given me so much peace and calmness in my life to understand that. 
And this is the work that you do all the time. So, which is why I think it's so important. So how did you find this? It sounds like you came to this, but so currently you're in this anger and betrayal feeling, I imagine still overwhelmed and heartbroken. So how did you come through that to this other side? I mean, how did you find that help? Wow. So it was such a long process, right? It's been years. It's been 15 years since our daughter passed. And and like I said, it took us five years to get to trial. And so we couldn't talk to anybody either. The lawyers were like, you can't talk to anybody. It's like, okay. So there are family members that, even today that don't know that we did this. And so they'll hear this one day and be like, you did what? You didn't tell me. But um, yeah, they don't know. And so my first thing though, like that summer, yeah, like right after my daughter's name was Rhea. So right after Rhea passed, I started reading, right? And this is what we do as docs, right? There's got to be an answer in a book somewhere as to, to, to explain to me what just happened, right? So yes. I started reading, reading, reading. Empty Cradle, Broken Heart was my first book that I read, which is amazing. And then I discovered Eckhart Tolle and A New Earth. Life-changing. It was 2008. Oprah was doing Eckhart Tolle webcasts, going over the book chapter by chapter every week. It was amazing. And then, and so, you know, what happened during that time, we were, once we we regrew our skin and I got brave enough to try to have another child. I was scared for a really long time. And then we were blessed with two more daughters, which was amazing. And what happened was we were so consumed with just bringing a healthy child home. We never thought about what it would be like to actually be like parents of living children in a house. <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's a lot. I'm working 70 hours a week. I'm primary breadwinner of my family because my husband decided to start his own business. We've got two kids under the age of three. I'm nursing, right? Every two and a half to three hours. I mean, it was crazy. And one day my clinic manager comes into my office and is like, hey, doc, what's going on with you? You look like your mind's going a million miles a minute. And I was like, what? And I'm unraveling in front of people and they're seeing it. And that's when I start, that's when I decided, okay, I need to start meditating because something's got to give here. And what I'm doing is not working. And so I needed somebody to like, give me that, hey, what's up? And so once I started meditating, and I learned to properly meditate, not just like apps and stuff, you know, like really meditate properly everything started to change. So like before what would be happening is I'd be working all day, right? I'd come home and I'm ordering, correcting, directing my kids. Why are you on the iPad? What? You're giving mac and cheese again. Why didn't you unload the dishwasher? You know, hurry up and go to bed so I can just have some peace. You know, like it was, I was definitely not being the mom I wanted to be. And it was like, here I was living the life that I had dreamed of, right? I finally have my two girls that my husband and I had always said we would have, right? I'm working, I'm I'm making money, right? And I'm miserable. I'm miserable. And so... I, something had to give. And now a couple of years before that, I had gone to this like cardiometabolic conference at Harvard. Like, and one of the speakers had gone over all the different alternative treatments for like, you know, hypertension and whatever. So he was going over like a meta-analysis of like chiropractic care, acupuncture, yoga, meditation. And out of everything, the only modality that had statistical significance improvement in cardiovascular mortality and decreasing blood pressure was meditation. 
And so I kind of tucked that information away Heck in the back yeah. of my head. Yeah, exactly. And so, because I also had patients who were always asking me, is there something else? Is there anything else? I don't want to take a pill. I don't want to take a pill. And, you know, in Western medicine, they don't teach us this stuff very well. And so this was the moment. And when, when that clinic manager came into my office and I was like, all right, I came home and I told my husband, I was like, I got to learn to meditate. And so what I started noticing was I started meditating 20 minutes, twice a day in my car before I would go into the office and before I would come in to the house and everything started getting calmer. And so I stopped reacting constantly and it helped me take that pause in the moment. So I could just stop, think, how do I want this next segment of my life to go? These next 15 minutes, this next hour to go, I want it to be filled with love. Okay. So let's take that step forward with love. And then bedtime became a privilege, which it is, right? Bath time became a privilege and that I finally get to spend that time with my daughters that I haven't seen all day because I've been at work, right? And have it go well and as and use it as a time to connect and have that special mind, body, soul time with them, right? And so that started getting better. I started becoming more efficient at work where I was actually getting my charts done on time. Rather than letting them pile up, right? Yeah, because your head is not spinning and spinning and spinning. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so that also, when we meditate, so that's just like the outside things that we're getting better. But when you start meditating, or when I started meditating, this is true for most people, is that it opens up a space, a realm, what Deepak Chopra calls it, realm of infinite possibilities, that space between your thoughts that allows you to have any other thoughts suddenly. So whereas we're constantly reacting because our thoughts are going so fast, when you start meditating, you're actually allowing like other thoughts to come in like, oh, maybe I don't have to snap at that person at this moment. Maybe I can take a deep breath and say something from a place of kindness rather than the reactivity. Again, I work with so many women. And again, I've lived many, many years of my life there just so reactively. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we're trained to be that way, like as doctors, right? It's like everything is, yeah, everything is like, quick, do it, quick, do it, quick, do it, you know, like get it done, get it done, get it done. Yeah. And the negativity bias, right? Which saves our patients when we notice all the subtle little things that are negative that could kill someone, like it saves our patients. But that same brain mindset sees all the negative everywhere else in our world. Right. right? Exactly. So how do you slow things down and create that pause? And that's what you're saying right. that you learned and you help others do through meditation. Yes, 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 yes. So like now, so I got this download somehow. So what happened was I was director of cardiac rehab at my hospital uh, this back in Minnesota. And I was starting to see like all these people coming into cardiac rehab, I would interview all of them, you know, like I would see them open heart surgery, valves repaired, bypass surgery, sudden cardiac death, they'd survived, you know, whatever it was, right? They'd they had a heart attack. They literally like cheated death, right? Like they literally come face to face with mortality, their own and lived and survived. And then they're coming in and they're like pissed off at their wife for the bills or like some stupid thing that happened. And I was just like, okay, people, this has got to change. My partner did not haul his butt into the hospital at three o'clock in the morning to save your life for you to come back and just bitch and complain about whatever it is, right? And so I started teaching meditation sessions at cardiac rehab. 
So <laughs> good. That. This, yeah. I mean, this is not new, right? There are yoga and meditations and cardiac rehabs around the country, but I was like, this needs to come here. And that's why I decided to become a teacher because I couldn't find anybody to come and do it there. And I was like, okay, I need to figure out how to do this. And so I had the opportunity and the universe, the stars aligned and became a Chopra Center certified primordial sound meditation teacher, which is a mantra based meditation practice. And so it was so awesome because I'd have all these patients sitting around a table and I would guide them to the meditation and my cardiac rehab folk would be, they all had their telemetry on, (laughs) they'd be like, and they're mine. (laughs) <laughs> so they could tell by just watching the monitors yeah. like, that everybody was meditating. Yeah. Right? I think that is so beautiful to see. And again, we we're scientists, you know, we physicians, yeah. like we want to see. It's like, okay, people listening, this is a cardiologist who's telling you this, right? And again, for these yeah. patients to be able to see, like probably their heart rate's going really, really fast, super adrenalized. Yeah. I'm like, I want to be doing like blood draws. Like what's the cortisol level like before and after? I'm sure studies have been done on that, they, right? Absolutely. All of that has been done. I mean, we already know that it's anti-aging and the, the your telomeres get longer. Like, you know, I mean, there's so much data out there yeah. about the benefits. Like who needs yeah. Valium people? Like let's do something yeah. that's like non-addictive and no side effects, right? Other than just like more peace and love in your life. Yeah. Which is who you are anyways. It's just gotten covered up. It's just, it's it's finding. That's how I, you know, I started to like find it myself and just like taking time right after my sister died, just like being, which I never had done. Like I took a break from work and I would just sit outside and be and do some, whether it's praying or meditating or just thinking, but just like not filling my brain. And then again, when I found you and started doing more of that meditation with you, I just, it's that coming home is how I describe it. Like, yes, you see, you mentioned this covering up and I'm like, yeah, it's seeing who you really are, which is so beautiful. It is. It is. It's just like Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz. There's no place like home, you know, and that home has always been there. It's been there forever. It's been there. Like your soul is immortal. It never, you know, it never stops. It's, it's been there forever. And it is the, the identity of it is love. And so even though your sister's soul left her body, she is pure love, right? She is. And she's all around stronger than ever. Yes, yes, absolutely. And we know that. And I always tell people and my patients this too. It's like, you know, you think you lost somebody, but it's not like when somebody soul leaves their body that your memory suddenly becomes erased, that they cease to exist. They don't. You remember them more sometimes. Right? Yeah. Our relationship, I had a very close relationship with my sister. And since her physical body has been gone, like, I don't know how many times a day we chat a lot, right? And she gives little signs. And I love that. Like, again, I do believe that she's just like pure love and light is how I sense our souls unencumbered by the the physical body. And it's within us, but like all of a sudden you're unencumbered. So it becomes like even brighter and greater anyway. So she sends me signs and their hearts, which is just like representation of love. So it's just so beautiful. So if people follow me on social media, they always see the pictures that I share of heart symbols that I receive often. Yes, exactly. And so that to me and to you is the evidence. That is the evidence of the fact that love doesn't start with birth and it doesn't end with death. We all have that if we allow it, if we allow ourselves to see it and feel it. It's right there. 
So my listeners, they're spiritual beings having a human existence. And as yeah. humans, we are often on the what I call the struggle bus of life, having just different scenarios and a lot of reactivity. Absolutely. And again, I love so much the work that you do. So I, I know that you said that it's helpful to become less reactive. Like how would someone who's listening even like get started? Like someone's curious now. Yeah. They're I mean, just so like, there's... well, I don't have time for meditation. Because I actually was there. I went to burnout conferences and I had someone say, okay, you're supposed to meditate. So I would like zoom into my parking lot. Oh, I got to do my three minute meditation before I go to work, like all stressed out, which is ironic, but I digress, (laughs) right? It didn't calm me down at all. It's just like one more thing to do. So if someone is listening and they're feeling like, hey, I'm either really stressed, maybe that would be helpful, but I don't think I have time and, or, hey, I've been curious about this meditation. What kind of suggestions do you have? And again, we will share all your information, but what kind of suggestions do you have for people to start this journey? You know, we're all on a spectrum when it comes to this journey, right? So both of us were at that place of, I don't have time for this shit, right? Like we were, I know I was there too. Yeah. And, and so there will definitely be a time where life puts the wall up in front of you and where you can't ignore it anymore. And it's like, okay, I need to do this now. I had to do that. I had to get to that point too. So if you're not there, you're not there. It's okay. But if you start noticing, like, I really need to calm down, right? One of the first things Deepak teaches is true. It also, which is like the stop formula, just stop right there. Observe. So just S, so S, T, stop. Oh no, take three deep breaths. Observe where you're feeling, what you're feeling, or just observe. See if you can see what are these crazy thoughts that are going through. And come back to your truth of being kind. You're a kind being. You are. We all are. In our depth, that's who we are. And proceed with kindness towards yourself and others. Literally, it takes like a minute. (laughs) It doesn't take anything. And you'll know when it's time to do that. And if you're not there, you're not there. It's okay. It'll come to you one day or it won't. But here's the thing is that you really don't want to wait for that big brick upside the head, right? Because you want to be able to, I mean, imagine now, Michelle, like the next thing in the drama of life that will happen, that's going to knock you for a loop and how much more you know now and how much more you've practiced and how you will navigate that in a different way. I've had multiple, yeah, I've had multiple people in my life pass or big tragedies happen since then. And when I know, and I'm grounded in the fact that I'm a spiritual being, having a human experience, this is part of the drama. And my job is to just be that space of love and to hold that space not go down in the well. And if you go down the well, it's fine too. You know, we're human, right? I've been there, done that already, right? But now it's like my mission to be able to hold that space for others and be be that soft place, right? For your feelings to land. I give a little heart called a feely heart out to my patients, which is like a little heart pillow. And and that's what that is. It's like when you're when when life throws you down, right? It's a soft place for your feelings to land. But it's when it's your time to start meditating, you will know for sure. I just really have a deep faith in that. And, um, but those are deep breathing practices. And of course, there's so many apps and stuff on YouTube that you can use and, you know, Insight Timer app and all of that. But for me, 
right? I would say I had to be serious about this. Me just doing a couple apps here and there well, I'm going to cut it. I mean, I've done those Deepak and Oprah meditations for years and stuff too. Like I really needed something more personal to me. And so that's why I got trained to be a teacher. And so what I teach, I, if I can tell, I can tell. Yes, please tell tell. all the things. So like I have a three month, so I have a three month course that I, uh, that's called the path to meditation mastery, which is, which walks you through how to meditate and the fundamentals of meditation. It's not just about sitting there and closing your eyes and repeating a mantra, right? It's, there's a lot to it. It's talking about the software of the soul, the laws of karma, how life really works and this concept of spiritual being, having a human experience, right? And also like one of the big parts of it is getting your personalized primordial sound meditation mantra, which is based on the date, time and place of your birth. So it's very personal to you. And so that's a three month program that I have. And, you know, we have a Facebook group and we do weekly coach coaching calls for that. And then for people who want to dive deeper into spirituality, I'm also a holistic life coach. And so I have the longer nine month program, which is the path to peace and clarity where we meet weekly and we go through different things called like the holistic breakthrough method. If you're struggling with certain events at that moment, like really kind of coaching you through that. And then also over the years, I've learned so many tools and strategies on how to navigate the different aspects of life that throw us down. So I teach on all of that stuff. And then also just came back from our path of silence retreat, which was phenomenal. I mean, people were like, oh my God, this is like 10 years of therapy in one week. <laughs> I, I had heard about that, but I had another obligation that week. I'm like, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Stay tuned for our next one. You're going to love it. You have to be there, Michelle. You have to be there. Um, but it was just, it literally is just like this cocoon. We take care of everything for you, all your meals, your lodging, picking you up in the airport, dropping you off. If you need a bunch of tampons or pads, we'll go again for you. Like everything is taken care of for you. And, and we hold you in that space and allow you to work through some of the past stuff that's holding you back. So you can really look at it through the lens of love and then get unstuck and move forward. So I think that's so awesome. So you just had yeah. that. Do you know when your next one is coming up or not yet to be, we, to be determined? To be determined, we're looking at February or March, but we'll see. Yeah, I'll definitely let you know for sure as soon as it's all finalized. We're actually working through it right now. That's so, phenomenal. Like, yeah. yeah, I think that's so awesome. Well, I just want everybody to check this stuff out, especially if it's calling to you, right? Like if you're feeling this in your body, like there's a little niggling of like, yeah, I think like your soul is kind of whispering to you, come on, let's do this. Yeah. Like, listen to that. I know we're such cerebral beings. We physicians, right? We're in our head a lot, but I think that meditation too allows you to kind of get back into your body and into your soul, right? Yeah. And well, yeah, absolutely. And the biggest thing is, and the reason that I'm bringing this, not only to female physicians, I'm going to be opening this up to all people in healthcare because all the people in healthcare, because it's not just about us, but we all came into healthcare to help others, to help heal, right? And so we have in our soul, that was our soul calling us to help heal with compassion and love. And I think that our system has become so crazy now. We all know that it's broken, that it's time that we have to heal ourselves so we can continue doing the important work that we're doing. Because if we're not, if we're broken and traumatized and dealing with our own traumas, we're not helping anybody else. 
Yeah, you no, know? that's exactly and it, which so, is again, why I resonate so much with you. Cause I'm like, we have, I, my mission is to heal the healer. Right. And you yes. are doing it in different yeah, ways, you know, and I just, yeah. it all goes so beautifully together. And like yeah. some people are going to like totally say like, absolutely. I want that work and yep. other people, different, different modalities will resonate, but yeah. I think it's so phenomenal. Again, having worked with you for a bit, it's just been Phenomenal. I guess I'll just leave it at that. So you mentioned the different classes. Do you have a website that then I can share the link in the show notes? What's your website called? Yeah. So, well, I have the path to meditation mastery.com, which is kind of like the page for the course, but also on Facebook, you can find me or join our meditation for female physician group. And then I also have another group called the heart centered living group, natural antidotes to stress. And I'm on YouTube too. So the spiritual breakfast for your soul. So there's some meditations and stuff there that you can go to. And I will put those links in the show notes. Awesome. What haven't we talked about that you think would be important for listeners to hear, if anything? I think we've got in most of it. One last thing, you know, we talked about grief, right? And we didn't say the word grief, but there was grief, right? And which, which again, is, I just want to, I don't mean to interrupt, but I am interrupting. Yeah. Yeah. What really was healing right. for me is right away when I realized that grief was love. It was exactly like love. My love for my sister is so high. It's no wonder. It's like the inverse of grief. But to me, it's like the same thing. And it made so much sense. So yes. when you say grief, yes, it's grief. But to me, it's love. It's like the shadow of love, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, it's not only grief for a person that, you know, whose soul transitions yes. or leaves her body, but we also have grief like when marriages fall apart. We have yes. grief when we lose our jobs, right? We have grief when now we have to stay inside because we can't go because of COVID or the air quality or whatever, right? Yes. We have grief when our expectations are not met. Oh yeah, that's a really good way to think about it. And that encompasses right? so much of what healthcare has had to deal with all this ambiguous grief with COVID and all of a sudden being thinking that we're like making up facts about science, right? Like Right. I mean, there's so much. And so it's not only, yeah, the loss of a loved one, but it, it, there's a lot of different bigger. there. And there's a lot of healing. And I see it. I mean, I tell people all the time, 80% of what I see in my office with palpitations and high blood pressure and chest pain is grief and stress. And so yeah. <laughs> like, we're yeah. so sick it really affects our that. bodies. Yeah, it really affects our bodies. And it doesn't, I'm just saying it doesn't have to be that way. And so we need to heal ourselves so we can keep going because the world needs us. The world needs absolutely, us. absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm so grateful to number one, have crossed paths with your soul here on earth. Oh, and so number two, for, you. <laughs> for the work that you're doing. I'm just so mm-hmm. in awe of the work that you're doing. And again, I just want to shout it from the rooftops, ladies and gentlemen out there. It doesn't need to be so hard. It's just, it's coming back to who you really are. And then all of a sudden, like, like, again, life doesn't just become easy, but it's, you can handle it more easily. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And thank you for doing the work that you're doing. It's incredible. It's, it's incredible teamwork, and for being right? in life. Yeah. We're all doing it together, girl. <laughs> Absolutely. We are. I always say we are going to be the change that we need to see in medicine. Yes. Just like the Gandhi ripple said. effect. You start feeling better, more calm and confident. And other people say, hey, I want some of that. And you say, hey, yeah, I'm doing meditation with Dr. Disha. And then more and more people get it. The calmness spreads. Yeah. This is how we do it. This That's how we do it. it. And again, because whenever I have a chance to 
like show off in front of a cardiologist. One of my like favorite things is like the heart feeds itself first. And so we too, as healers need to learn that we need to take care of ourselves so we can continue to take care of other people. So how do you like that? Beautiful. I love that because that's the same thing I say to people when I'm explaining it. (laughs) And my other favorite thing is diastole is vital. (laughs) So we need rest, right? Relax. The heart has to be strong and pump, but it's also got to be able to relax. Right. So too, we as humans need to rest and relax. Yes. The heart knows. Well done. So good. Well, (laughs) thank you so much for being here. And I look forward to seeing you hopefully soon. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Bye. Are you ready to take control of your life and put these tools into action? I'm here to help. I offer free consultations for physician moms to see if my one-on-one coaching package is right for you. You can sign up for a free consult at www.mamadoclifecoach.com.